save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Hey guys, welcome to episode five of TFL's Talking Trucks. Uh, and today we have a very special show for you because we've got two very special guests besides Andre. Say hi, Andre. Hey guys. We have uh, Trevor Dorchi, who is kind of the uh, media guy for Jeep. Uh, and our special guest is uh, Pete Milo or Peter Malaskovitsky. Is that right? Did I say that right? <laughs> Yeah, almost. Oh. Almost, Roman. Miloslavsky. Miloslavsky. Thank you, Pete. Now you got it. Perfect. He is a chief engineer on both the Gladiator and on the Wrangler. Uh, and so we're going to be delving deep into all things Jeep on this episode. And we're going to be talking about uh, the Mojave. We're going to be talking about Desert Rated. We're going to find out kind of what... Um, FCA was thinking when they designed this Jeep. Thank you for joining TFL Talking Trucks podcast. If you love pickup trucks or big full-size SUVs, if you love trailering, towing, and going off-road, this is the right place to be. Together, we can make this podcast the most popular ever. So, Andre, I'm going to let you take over, and why don't you ask the first question? Go for it. Yeah, so basically, uh, Pete, what we did was uh, we wanted to use some of the questions we get from our audience as well, and to kind of get get the best bang for the for their money, right? Uh, with this discussion, and I wanted to start out first with what is the Gladiator, because uh, we a lot of the things we hear usually is that it's a longer Wrangler with a bed. Um, so, can you kind of start us from the top about the Gladiator? Sure. Yeah, um, with that description, I would have the easiest job in, in the world. Um, but that's exactly what it's not. It's, it's not just a Wrangler with a bed. It's a, it's a mid-sized pickup that's 100% Jeep, but also 100% truck. So we developed the Gladiator to be the most capable uh, mid-sized truck in the segment from a truck perspective for towing and payload. But also uh, with the Jeep Wrangler DNA that it has, it is the most capable off-road truck in the segment. So Jeep DNA is all about off-road, wheeling, slow speed. But with the Mojave, which we'll touch on here in a minute, we're kind of taking this to an all-new level. So um, again, it's 100% Jeep, 100% truck. But first and foremost, when we brought it to market, we wanted to make sure that uh, it met the truck customer needs. So it's got the five-foot bed. It's got the truck capability that we mentioned with a 1,700-pound payload up to a 7,650-pound towing capability. So you can tow and haul all your goods and your your uh, things you want to do on the weekend with the truck. Um, and then as far as the uh, weekend adventures, you've got that too. So it's the best of both worlds. So, Pete, let me ask you. I think the, the Wrangler is, what, 3,500 towing, right? half of the um, gladiator. So how do you go from 3,500 to 7,600? 
what do you have to do from an engineering point of view, uh, both you know from engine management and chassis management to get that much more um, towing capability? Yeah, so the uh, the Jeep Gladiator, like most other truck OEMs, meets SAE J twenty eight oh seven, which is an, uh, which is a guideline for towing in the industry. Um, the Gladiator and the Wrangler both utilize the Pentastar V six engine. It's the three point six liter Pentastar with the eight speed automatic. So, so what is it about the rest of the vehicle system that allowed us to get there? Well, it has to do with cooling and getting the right amount of airflow through the cooling system. So we opened up the front grill, increased the, the grill slots or what we call the grill texture to increase the, uh, the cooling flow. Uh, and then on top of that, we introduced the class four hitch. And there's a number of things we had to do with the chassis in terms of tuning to ensure our understeer performance met the standards. So really it was a uh, focus both on cooling and dynamics and then all the other things that come along with, with towing trailers like a hitch and the seven-way connector and twi- trailer sway control. But, but Pete, can you talk a little bit more about kind of the chassis, the frame, and the suspension setup? Because I think that's kind of where the difference comes in when you look at uh, like the Wrangler versus Gladiator. Yeah, so when we... When we uh, migrated or evolved into the gladiator um the, the rear suspension is essentially all unique all unique um we borrowed heavily from the ram 1500 rear suspension uh the control arms in fact are common uh with the uh, ram 1500 the rear track bar is also a family of the ram 1500 um but what we did is we introduced the uh, forward-facing shocks similar again to the ram 1500 um, to to ensure that we had the right stability. We introduced progressive rate springs so that even when the vehicle is loaded up, it still had the handling capability that you would expect of a truck. So the entire rear suspension was redeveloped both from a hardware standpoint, similar to the 1500, and then it was retuned to m- make sure that we met all the dynamics requirements for this truck customer. Yeah, you know... Um Obviously, um, you know, we just did a video where we, we said, what's better off-road, a car or a truck? And we said that the Jeep Wrangler was the car. I know Mark Allen, the Jeep designer, calls it a wagon. Uh, but the, the Wrangler is kind of a unique animal, right? It's really it's really not a car. It's really not a truck. It's really not a crossover. It's, it's kind of its own thing, you know? I mean, it's, 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 it, you, can't really, you can't really categorize it in any of those three classic categories because it's, it's very unique. And it always has been from the get-go. Uh, but one of the things that you've done in a Wrangler, obviously, is you've basically created kind of three flavors of it, right? So you've always had the base sport, which was kind of the entry level. Let's let's just go out and have the fun of a convertible Jeep. Then you had the Sahara, which, for you know, lack of better uh, description, is more of a city slicker Jeep. And then you had the Rubicon, which was always the one that uh, the guys wanted when they wanted to go rock crawling or do some kind of heavy duty off roading. Uh, and that one has always been uh, trail rated. So let's go over what trail rated means before we start talking about new designation, which is um, desert rated. So what, what's trail rated mean in a Wrangler and in a Gladiator? Yeah, so uh, the Wrangler, as you mentioned, Roman, definitely defines its own class. It's in a class of its own. And early on in the development of the, the Wrangler, many years ago, we established the trail rating methodology or the tra- trail rating system. So trail rating is a set of metrics that uh, we developed, co-developed, um, with with um, 
you know, with the engineering team. And basically, it monitors and measures the functional performance of the vehicle when you're off-roading. So there's certain categories that we assign points to that we then calculate and compare ourselves relative to other vehicle lines or or internal programs as well. So some of these key categories are, you know, attractive attractive capability or attractive effort, ground clearance, um, articulation, uh, a category we call jeepness and maneuverability. So all the, all of these areas are then um, they have a series of tests and formulas associated within each one of these categories, where the team goes out and actually tests vehicles, um, whether it's at our proving grounds or whether it's at different trails throughout the country, where we'll take measurements and we'll compare and contrast, calculate uh, the total points of of uh, of the system that. And then, and then apply a total trail rating score for the Jeep Wrangler. Where, where do you go off-roading? Right? Which trails? I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, we have internal um, internal proving grounds test hills or test facilities that we've developed that are based on, um, you know, trails that we've been, out, been throughout the country. Uh, and then we have trails that, you know, we go to, there's some go-to trails that uh, are somewhat proprietary that we don't want to get into uh, necessarily here today, but um, we do have a set of trails that we, you know, like to push the vehicle on and, and put the vehicle through its paces. Um, and then again, we'll, we'll take these sheets out with us with the different categories and the different metrics, and we'll measure the Wrangler and some other programs um, to make sure that we're, we're scoring where we would anticipate that we would score from an off-road, slow-speed, rock-crawling, uh, mud-bogging perspective. Okay, so that's trail-rated. So with the Mojave, you came up with an entire new designation, which is called desert-rated. And kind of walk us through what that means and how that's changed from being trail-rated. Yeah, so with the Mojave, um, we originally planned the Mojave from the onset of the program. It was always part of the program. And early on through the development process, um, you know, the, the Jeep customer does like to go um, through the desert in high speed. We knew that about the Jeep customer. But this segment has grown. So early on, we went out, we surveyed, we, we went to different uh, enthusiast events, like score events like the Mint 400 and uh, some others. And upon taking this information, um, we determined that we needed to create a similar rating methodology to the trail rating system where we could determine whether we meet the standards of Jeep for the desert environment. So whereas trail rating is slow speed rock crawling, desert rating is high speed driving, flying through the sand, um, and and basically being able to push the vehicle to its to its limits in the desert environment. And so we developed, I'll call it uh, five categories, tractive capability, ride control, ground clearance, maneuverability, and what we call desert prowess. And all of these categories are, we measure ourselves, uh, we measure ourselves for these different categories and we rate ourselves for these different categories. And so really the, distinction between the two, even though they're based on each other, one is 
slow speed rock crawling, where the other one is high speed, managing the speed, managing the terrain, and going fast in the desert. So, okay, so now you've got a whole set of different criteria, right? You've got a truck that instead of, you know, going, let's say, up Hell's Revenge, you know, is designed to go flying across the desert at high speed. So what does that mean in terms of equipment? What did you change on the truck? Yeah, so um, there's, there's a couple of things. Number one, durability um, is inherent in every vehicle we, we develop and build. And although I didn't mention durability in our desert rating system, it just expected, the customer expects durability. And early on through our development process, we determined um, that we needed to develop a new duty cycle to ensure that this Mojave survives the, the challenges of that terrain. And so that was the first thing we did is we developed a, a durability duty cycle within our proving grounds that tests the vehicle um, from a durability perspective. We put some of our competitors on this, uh, on this uh, duty cycle as well to understand where our competitors currently stood um, with respect to how it performs from a durability perspective. And from that, we started to develop some of our systems to ensure that um, it met the requirements um, that this customer would expect. That this customer driving in the desert and then on road and back in the desert on the weekends or what have you um, would have a truck that could you know stand up to those trials. And so with that, we made some changes. We made some modifications to the frame. We made some enhancements to the frame, strengthened the frame in certain areas. We went to a cast iron knuckle. Um, the front axle tube uh, was increased in thickness. Um, and that actually carried over to the Rubicon, but at the time of the Rubicon launch, we couldn't necessarily announce that. But the Mojave was the one that really drove that change into the Rubicon because, again, those um, those events are, are are pretty tough uh, and they challenge the vehicle. We reinforced the box. We went to a steel box. There were some questions. Well, why didn't you go to composite? Um, well, this was one of the things that we co-developed with the normal program and realized early up front, we needed steel. We needed it to be tough. So that's the durability part. Um, and now on the performance side, uh, tractive capability, ride control, those were the two key categories that were important to us. Um, and from a ride control perspective, it, it boiled down to changing the suspension um, in a way that the, the customer can go through the desert, go through these different events that they experience at high speed, um, keeping them comfortable, keeping them confident. So some of the things we introduce are internal bypass shocks, working co-developing with, with Fox. Uh, we went to an internal bypass shock and we went to front hydraulic jounce pump can. And both of these, um, uh, these hardware enhancements give the driver and the customer um, that, that comfort level, that confidence as they're going through the desert, going through these extreme events, that they're not going to bottom out or they're not going to top out. And they can continue to go over these sudden whoops that come, come up at you or these sudden speed bumps that, that are in the desert. Um, we also introduce reservoir shocks to keep the shocks cool so that there's no shock fade, you know, um, o over time. So, uh, you know, the, the, the chassis, the frame, all those things were, were modified to ensure that the, 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 the desert, uh, enthusiast customer that's going to take this thing out is going to be pretty happy with the vehicle. And why did you decide to delete the, uh, 
sway bar disconnect and the front locker? Um, it's a good question. I, you know, I think the, the question is, at that point, what's the difference between the Recon and the Mojave? And um, the focus of this particular Mojave was going fast to the desert and to keep the weight out of the vehicle. And that's the other thing about tractor capability. You want to keep the vehicle uh, as light as possible. So minimize, minimize weight where you can. Um, so we, that was, that was a focus of ours is to, you know, really cater this towards desert performance. And so all those other things that the Rubicon has for rock crawling and ultimate articulation, we didn't necessarily need on the Mojave. The other aspect of that is we're able to keep the, the cost down uh, a little bit, a little bit more. We're not adding on additional content that the customer doesn't necessarily need on the Mojave. Yeah. And the suspension is pretty, uh, pretty, uh, unique on the Mojave truck. I was just looking at the front axle. You know, we had the truck at our offices for about a week. And the remote reservoir, I mean, it's really hidden by the front skid plate. Um, I've, I've never seen kind of that separation before from where the shock is, kind of by the axle, right by the spring, um, and then kind of where the remote reservoir is. So it seemed like there, I mean, uh, how many, how much time did it take, I mean, to put it all together? You said Mojave was from the onset are we talking about years of development here? Absolutely. Yeah, it was um, an all-new duty cycle that we developed. And then from that standpoint, all-new packaging. You know, we, we, we haven't um, ever introduced in uh, a remote reservoir like that. So in the rear, is the, the remote reservoirs are co-located with the shaft, but in the front, uh, because the shocks are larger, they're a two and a half inch shock. You know, packaging became tight, um, especially with you know the Jeep rugged wheel and tires that we have. We have you know the thirty three inch Falcon tires that you know take up a lot of space, and we had to protect the right envelopes and the right steer angles. So that was the optimal location is to put those reservoir reservoirs up front. Uh, near that skid plate, and then add this cool hydraulic line um, that a lot of our customers and our internal engineers thought that was really cool to, you know, showcase that line that goes to the front reservoirs. And, and where the reservoirs are tucked in, it's a, it's a pretty cool spot as well. Hey, Trevor, I know, um, you know, this is kind of a desert runner. Any thought on the part of a Jeep to actually race the truck? Is there any discussion around that? Um, nothing, nothing moving forward, but I've, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm kind of listening in and out, but I, Pete, if you've already talked about this, like the mid 400, um, you know, we had, we actually had a, um, and in the, within the company actually raced with Mel Wade in one of our trucks. Um, then we had, we had another truck do another, uh, I think it was the, yeah, I forget the name of the race now, but there, there are a couple of races that we've had, um, that we've lent. King um, of Hammers. Yep, King of the Hammer, that was one of them, um, that we've lent some chassis to, but we ha there have been nothing uh, like like a Jeep factory-backed um, anchor yet. Okay, it just seems like this truck is, you know, perfect for that kind of a, a setup. It feels like it's, you know, designed for that world. And speaking of design for that world, you know, we had Jim Morrison on uh, our podcast, uh, on our car podcast last week, and I asked him, did you ever think about putting a Hemi in there? And he said, let's keep talking. So I'm going to ask you the same thing, Pete. <laughs> Let's keep talking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, can I can I steal Jim's line? Um, 
I think I think I think there's a there's a segment of our Wrangler customer base that have been talking about a V8 or Hemi and the Jeep uh, Wrangler for a long time. So I'm um, I'm all for it. I'd love to drive it. I'd love to own one. So um, I'll, I'll I'll also work on Jim on that one. Okay, so uh, it's his decision at the end. I suspect, huh? Well, Mike, okay, what, one note on the uh, one, one note on the racing I should just bring up is and give a shout out to one of my engineers, Alex Tonkovich, who um, did did work with Mel Wade and they they won the mid four hundred stock class this year. So, I mean, that gives you a feel for some of the enthusiasts that we have in our group that actually take their uh, their vacation time and go out and, and race with um, some professional, uh, experienced drivers. So. I'd like to see more of that, and uh, I know uh, my boss, um, John Rosowski, is working with Jim to see if we can get more activities in, in you know, some of these um, stock class score events. That, that would be really cool. Yeah, I, I just wanted to continue on kind of the power line a little bit, and um, and because I, I, I love towing, so I just wanted to touch on... <laughs> on, on I know you do, Andre. <laughs> Uh, I wanted you to know, we have Mr. Truck, you know, Mr. Toe, Andre. Mr. Toe. Mr. Toe. That's got a different connotation. Okay, okay. We, we won't go there. But uh, basically, so I, I heard this complaint from some of the audiences that, you know, we, we publish our videos and articles. They said, you know, well, how come Jeep kept kind of the same power rating on the 3.6 V6 from the Wrangler to the Gladiator? If you know if the Gladiator is a little bit heavier vehicle, um, it needs to tow a little bit more, uh, but but the power is not quite there. I mean, we've tested the Gladiator several times, as you know, on the Ike Gauntlet, our towing test, uh, the world's toughest. Uh, the truck performs, and we loaded it almost to the max. You know, we we don't go easy on trucks uh, here here at TFL, but but uh, are there any thoughts to like increasing that gas power? Um, and can you can you say anything about the diesel um, upcoming? Uh, right now, we share the powertrain with the Wrangler, so it's the you know the three the three point six liter eight speed, and and the axles for the most part are you know the internal gearing, the ring gears, the sizing, all of that is uh, shared with Wrangler, um, and and because of that. Uh, the power rating, the horsepower and torque rating is, is similar or common with, with the, the Jeep Wrangler. Um, and what you may be referring to is the weight difference. So because of the weight difference, maybe it doesn't feel as, as uh, peppy as, as, as the Wrangler. But, um, you know, from a towing perspective, we, we've been all across the country um, towing. And as you said that, I was confident um, that our, our Gladiator can, can handle uh, 7,000, 7,600 pounds, which for a mid-sized truck is, is a lot of weight. Um, it can handle some of the biggest E-class trailers uh, as well. So um, I'm very confident in the towing performance and that our customers will be very satisfied. Some of the stuff that you're talking about, Andre, um, and I've seen uh, many of your videos, is uh, pretty extreme stuff. And, um, it's, and I'm glad to hear that uh, you had positive comments about our towing too. So appreciate that. Um, as far as the diesel, um, the Wrangler Eco Diesel came out um, early this year, and it's been a hit. The range is phenomenal. Um, the, the fuel economy on that thing is amazing with the 20, 20 and a half mile per gallon highway. 
And as you know, the Gladiator uh, Eco Diesel is also going to be coming to uh, hopefully sometime later this uh, this calendar year. So with that, it's going to have similar um, fuel economy performance. Um, we don't have it rated through the EPA yet, so I can't get into details. But it's also going to give our customers that great balance of additional torque, you know, 442 pound-feet of earth-chewing torque, and which will be great off-road, but also while towing to have that torque reserve um, while getting this amazing fuel economy um, in this highway range. So I'm really excited for those customers that want that, um, to, to have that opportunity. You know, my, my call on the diesel, we have one right now parked in front of our offices. And I've kind of gone through this. When I first drove it, I, I really fell in love with it. And then, uh, you know, when we got to the payload numbers, when we first had it, you know, it, it, the payload is pretty low because I think that engine, you would know this, is very heavy. And so you're, you're I think, what's the payload, Andre, on that thing? Is it like 850 pounds? Is that right, Pete? You know, 850? Well, Does that sound well, right? It's it sounds all right for the diesel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 850, you know, which, you know, you put four big guys and a, big dog and you're kind of that payload <laughs> especially if it's white uh, <laughs> that's a big dog <laughs> yeah yeah big dog and uh but now that we've had it the second time and we've actually had it longer in the offices i've really learned to appreciate uh just how um the bandwidth of that power plant right how how it goes from uh you know uh zero to 60 i think it's got to be if not the fastest one of the fastest wranglers it's just extremely powerful and then when you're off-roading with it how it just, you know, like takes everything in stride because it doesn't care, right? There's just kind of a, just, just does its thing. Uh, and I got to tell you, you know, we, I just did a video where I said that the, the Jeep that I'm really looking forward to is a Gladiator uh, with the with the diesel in it. Uh, so um, the reason I brought all this up is I, I thought to myself, you know, a lot of people like to customize their Wranglers, right? It's like, it's like a Harley. People love to make it their own. And one of the first things they do is they, of course, lift it, and then they put bigger wheels and tires on it. Um, and you do that, you know, big enough, and you eventually end up running out of power uh, and torque. Uh, and, and the diesel seems to solve that problem. So have you guys actually put on, like, big old tires on a diesel? And, and how does it do when, when you do that with, uh, you know, a much bigger, more custom kind of setup for a rig? Because people will do yeah, that. It, it, it. Absolutely. And we package protect, uh, when we designed and developed the Wrangler Gladiator, we package protected for 35 inch tires. Um, um, but even beyond that, 37s, 42s, the diesel can handle them, you know, without, without issue. I mean, that additional torque, you're, you're right, Roman, just, just gives you that additional, um, that additional torque reserve you need to, to move that, that those large wheels. So, um, I agree with you. I have, a couple more, I have a couple more questions about towing. Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta get the towing stuff. Um, so, yes. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that's unique about the gladiator and I believe the, the Wrangler is, um, there is no like driver selectable tow haul mode. Is, is that true? Uh, that's correct. It's all integrated into the, the software, if you will. So how does that work? Software, I mean, engine software. How does the truck know that I'm towing? Well, there's a, a complex set of, of logarithms that are uh, calibrators use that monitor different parameters within the engine, whether it's uh, manifold air pressure, uh, air, 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 air pressure, 
um, airflow. Um, there's different parameters that the calibrators use that sense whether the vehicle's towing or not. And then from that, they'll, they'll go into an overdrive motor, an overdrive cal. They'll, they'll adjust accordingly. So um, in our in our mind, there was, um, although, you know, I'll call it full-size truck customers who want to press that button, we can accomplish uh, nearly the same thing with the software that our calibrators were able to implement by monitoring these parameters. And, and to, to kind of go along with that also, I mean, you're, you're saying that uh, the Gladiator is, is a proper mid-sized truck, right? Um, are there any thought to um, uh, also offering optional towing mirrors? I've heard this question a couple of times come up where you know, people want more accessories, you know, they want to uh, you know, customize their trucks. Uh, and if they're towing a trailer, uh, maybe a, a wider mirror makes sense. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I think what we wanted to do is bring it to market, get get some customer feedback, because this is primarily a lifestyle vehicle. Um, although we developed the the, um, the Gladiator tow up to you know seven thousand six hundred fifty pounds, which is is E class trailer, and with an E class trailer, you're going to want those trailer tow mirrors. That's something that uh, we're working with our, our planning team um, in, in the future to potentially offer, whether it's um, a, a solution that we provide or whether it's an aftermarket or Mopar solution. That's cool. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of kind of um, the Mojave, do you see a different customer buying that versus, uh, the, you know, the, the Rubicon or is it the same person, but they want, you know, more of a desert runner? I mean, you must've done some market research. How, how, how does that kind of differentiate? Well, I think the customer base is fairly similar. They're enthusiasts. Um, they want the lifestyle. They want to They work hard during the week and then on the weekends um, or their vacations. They, they want to go anywhere. Um, but the the distinction is this is uh, a little bit different type of customer. Now, you've got some that are, they'll want to do both. They'll want to do some rock crawling and they'll want to go running through the desert. But there is a, a distinction. There is a segment of customers that, are catered towards the weekend warrior going out in the sand, running in the sand dunes. Um, and that's what, that's what they love to do. And so that is a slightly different customer that uh, Mojave is catered to. Yeah, I figured, I mean, you guys got dunes in Michigan, obviously people out in California are running these things up and down dunes. It seems like a different, um, you know, similar person, but kind of different activity at the end of the day. And one other interesting thing that I should mention is that the Mojave, um, is still very capable of going off road. Uh, you know, we took it with us to the Rubicon Trail as, as an example. Just because it doesn't have a front locker doesn't mean the thing isn't capable. I mean, with the 33 inch tires, the rear lockers, the BLD controls, uh, the clearances that we have, it, it really is. It just gives you that additional desert running capability. On the contrary, um, and this goes for both Wrangler and Gladiator, um, the, Rubic the Rubicon version is also capable of running in the sand but the thing the difference is do you want that extreme use case do you want to um, run through the desert and have that ultimate capability then you're going to gear towards mojave if you want that ultimate capability on the rocks you're going to gear towards a rubicon but both can really um you know still do very well in those other environments you know pete on our off-road channel uh we do a lot of testing of side-by-sides and 
side-by-sides are kind of setting the uh, bar now for off-roading. And it's, it has a lot to do with the dynamics of a side-by-side, right? Lots of power, a little bit of weight. I mean, it's kind of ideal for it. Uh, but both uh, in the side-by-side world and, you know, one of your competitors has gone to active shocks now. Um, and it seems to be kind of the, the, the high watermark. Have you guys thought about doing active shocks? I know Fox specifically does them for both uh, uh, Polaris and for one of the competitors out there. And I'm talking about the Raptor. Yeah. Everybody knows that. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I mean, certainly there's always discussions about new technologies and the competitive set, what the competition is doing. But we're uh, extremely happy with the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the um, the financial, the cost basis of the, the system that we have. Once you start going adaptive, it starts getting complicated, expensive. And, you know, our customers just want the performance. They don't need um, all of those um, expensive, um, you know, tech. They don't need all that. They don't need all the frills. They just want the capability. They want the basics. And they, they just want to go out on the weekends, have a good time, and not have to worry about uh, something getting damaged um so and that's what we that's what we focus on is giving our customers what they want and we, in this case we think we have thank you uh, and Andrew, any other questions before we wrap this up yeah uh talking about complications um i, I want to talk about one more item um i think there are two camps out there right people who really love um solid axles and the performance that solid axles offer you front and rear um, that's what gladiator has and some other guys like uh, an independent suspension, maybe independent front, um, independent rear. Um, how does that play into this? Um, because a desert runner, to me, especially uh, if you if you look at some of the Polaris uh, Razors side by sides, some of the other off road uh, proper racing trucks, not not street trucks, they offer independent suspensions. Um, how does that play into it? And did you ever consider independent suspension for Mojave, for example? Yeah, I think from a um, from a solid axle versus independent front suspension standpoint, there's this uh, conception out there that independent front suspension is far superior. Um, and I, I understand why why people say that, but um, I just look at the Mint 400. Uh, stock class that we just uh, the the uh, Gladiator just performed well in. Um, and I, I look from our internal testing of a desert rating, from a ride control perspective, the solid axle, you can do a lot with a solid axle. Um, and, and so I'm absolutely confident that um, our, our uh, dynamics team, our, our tuning team was able to compensate for any shortfalls that a solid axle may have versus an independent front suspension. You start putting independent front suspensions on Jeeps, um, you've just got another... Um, and I won't name names, but you've got, just got another um, independent front suspension that drives pickup. What makes Jeep special is that we are different, we are unique, and we're the most capable. And that solid axle plays a big part of it. And uh, don't expect that to go away anytime soon. You know, I couldn't agree more. I would think Andre would agree, too, that you could do a lot with a traditional Hemi VA, too. That's another one. That <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm all about that. Only if I had, uh, only if I had some uh, additional pull in that category, Roman. I'll have to talk to the powers that be. I'll say, you know, I'll have to tell them that hey, Roman really asked for this. He really wants it. So, well, I'm not. It's just not me. It's, it's, you know, every time we do a video, 
I got to tell you, there's like, you know, at least 10, 20% of, of the viewers out there are saying put a Hemi in it. And now with gas prices being, you know, where they are, uh, it, it's certainly much more palatable. Um, but uh, anyway, you guys know that. I don't need to be preaching to the choir here. Um, Andre, any last yeah, questions absolutely. before we uh, thank uh, the boys for joining us on this podcast? Yeah, well, yeah, once again, I wanted to thank you guys because, you know, uh, we're kind of going through some rough time, tough times right now, but we had the truck and we, you know, we did a few tests with it, so really appreciate it. And Pete, I did tow with the Mojave. That video is not out yet. I, I did tow with it. Uh, not super heavy, not super heavy, but um, uh, around 5,000 pounds. And uh, that video will be coming soon, too. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, Trevor, thank you for jumping on the call. Pete, thank you for jumping on the call. Mr. Toe, love to have you as always on the, on the, on the Hangout, actually. Uh, and guys, uh, check this out wherever uh, podcasts are for free. All of the uh, usual places like Apple, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your free podcasts. We really appreciate you guys joining us. We really appreciate our friends over uh, at Jeep uh, for giving us an inside look into uh, what uh makes the mojave the mojave thank you gentlemen uh really appreciate it and see you guys next time ciao thank you thanks tfl team great talking to you save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.